0: I'm Jenna and I'm Mark thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Cincinnati Zoo Tales Jenna I'm not even gonna try and build suspense today if you clicked on the thumbnail and you're listening to this episode you know what we're talking about we're talking to elephants I'm pumped we've got our biggest brand new elephant habitat opening up next summer that we're really excited for we just brought four new elephants in so we've got a whole group joining us today we're really excited we're being joined by Eric Dooning who's one of the uh, elephant keepers at our zoo here in Cincinnati We're being joined by Carlos Esteban, who is joining us from the Dublin Zoo, actually, where our four new elephants just came from. So we're pumped to have Carlos here. And we're also being joined by Christy Eisen, one of our keepers here at Cincinnati as well. So we've got a full house today. Thank you guys so much for all joining us. Like Jen and I like to open up these episodes, kind of hearing a little bit about each one of you guys, kind of what brought you to where you are today, especially what got you involved with elephants. Eric, I was going to kick things off with you. What, what brought you to the, be an elephant keeper here at the zoo?
1: Um, actually, I graduated from the Zoo Academy, which is the high school program here offered for juniors and seniors through Cincinnati Public Schools. Um, and it got me my first taste of working in a zoo and knowing that that's the career I wanted. Um, I bounced around for a little bit. I spent time in our uh, African belt, working with rhinos and zebras and things like that. I spent a bit of time working in our bird department, um, and then finally something opened up in the elephant program and I've now been there for almost fifteen years.
2: It was like nineteen forty when you started. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really cool that you're one of our zoo academy graduates, and like these days you know you have to go through all of this internships and volunteering and things to get into the zoo world like Did you find it difficult to get started or were there openings and they kind of hired you guys based on like attitude or, I
1: mean, I think the benefit of the zoo academy, especially then was it was just kind of a door into the zoo. Mm -hmm. Um, It opened up, um, they were called labs, but basically experiences working for three weeks or so in multiple buildings It got to build relationships with keepers. Um, it gave you a chance to see things that you liked or wanted to work in, and maybe the opposite. Maybe you worked with something and realized it's not what you wanted to do. Which is just as valuable, right? I think (laughs) so, yeah. Um, But no, and it admittedly was probably a little easier then um, to get that outlet in and keepers to get to know You know, if you wanted to do this, your work ethic and things like that, Um, I got a few part time seasonal positions directly from that, which then long term led to a full time position.
2: So it's almost like you got an early start on internships, essentially, when you're kind of in Zoo Academy, because you're getting the networking, you're getting the figuring out what you like and what you don't like, and, and getting to know people and the Yeah, I think that's a great way to look at it. Yeah, we've had an episode with one of our Zoo Academy students. If anybody wants to hear more about Zoo Academy, it's a really mm-hmm. cool opportunity. Um, so you've been with elephants for like 15 years now. Yes. You used to be a bird guy. Uh, what made you get into elephants?
1: I just originally saw it as such a unique challenge. Um... You know, I'd never worked with anything like elephants, um, and they were, just everything about elephants and their care is different from every other animal group Mm -hmm. in zoos, Mm -hmm. and um, I really just thought it was the experience that I just
2: kind of wanted to see how it'd go, and it stuck, and I'm still there. I feel like there's so much we can talk about with elephants. I just want to throw it out there because one of my favorite things about my career here is that I started working with you Mm -hmm. as a seasonal when you were kind of new to the elephant department. Right. And back then we worked what we called free contact. So we were able to share space with elephants and go in and it was like the best thing ever because... You're scooping poop next to my Tai, and elephant. you could just go and hug her <laughs> trunk and like have the best time ever. And things have changed for the better and probably made it harder a little bit as an elephant keeper with you know, protected contact, which I hope one of you guys can explain a little bit more later, but um, I just had to throw that out there. I knew, El- er, knew Eric in the elephant house way back when, my very first seasonal jobs here, um, and it was just so much fun. Elephants are really, really special, so I don't blame you for wanting to work with them.
0: <laughs> Definitely, I love it. Carlos, what about you? What brought you uh, to be an elephant keeper in Dublin Zoo? How'd you get to where you are? And second off, are you enjoying your time at Cincy so far?
3: Okay, first of all, thank you very <laughs> much for having me here. And uh, well, it's uh, kind of a funny story because um, when I um, when I left school, so I'm, going, I'm I'm going to try and keep it short. But when I left school, I actually started um, um, studying computing, so it was a totally different thing. Yeah. For <laughs> Uh, but after a couple <coughs> of years i realized that i wasn't enjoying it and it wasn't my thing so i um, it took me like a good few months after that to realize that i wanted to spend my um, my time my life uh, working with animals and then i started doing these uh, weekend courses uh, just in in madrid zoo back in spain uh, with uh, about uh, birds uh, great mammals uh, uh, great apes. And um, after a few of them and doing some volunteering um, here and there, uh, well, I thought this is my thing now. (laughs) And I just um, and I thought um, it was going to be a good thing to try and get into this industry. So um, I started, first of all, I started studying biology. And at the same time, I had to uh, get a job because I had to pay for all my um, <laughs> studies, you know. And um, so I was studying biology and working at the same time. I did that for three years. Uh, but it got to a point that um, the job was taking too much time of me. And I wanted to really uh, um, dedicate more time into animals. In general, so I quit my job and I did um, uh, in, back in Spain. I did um, this course. is like a zookeeper course, or so some sort of um, yeah preparation to become a zookeeper that lasts for uh, a little bit more than a year. Um, some part of theoretical classes and uh, part of uh, practical. So as kind of an as an internship. Uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. And So I was a kind of an intern. So um, I did this, uh, this course, and after that I stick around Madrid Zoo um, and they offered me a job in the education department. So I did that for a couple of years, just waiting for my opportunity uh, to, to cover sick leaves or things like that. Uh, it never came up for two years, so um, suddenly one, uh, one, um, there was one day that there was this headkeeper from another zoo in Spain, down south uh, in uh, Estepona, Malaga. Uh, it's called Selva Aventura. Uh, he visited uh, Madrid Zoo and uh, he was looking for uh, an elephant keeper. Oh! <laughs> and look at me, uh, I was uh, kind of uh, offered the job. I had an interview. I went down there. Okay. I, I drove uh, six hours for the interview. Wow. Um, and finally I got the job. So um, I was actually, before I, was, uh, I, I became an elephant keeper, I, I was a uh, Uh, Kind of a prime my guy, so I used to everything I was doing all the all these courses We were talking about the volunteering uh, was related to uh, mainly great apes uh, But when they offered you a job with elephants you just can't say no, so (laughs) I took my chance and I went down to uh, to work and live uh, um, In Malaga in Estepona and I stayed there for three years uh, But I wanted more uh, so I was really into it, it got to a point that I was looking at all these videos of uh, training elephants all around the world, different places, Dublin Zoo, uh, in Chester Zoo in the uh, UK. Um, so I was kind of getting into, into the elephant world and I wanted more. So I, uh, I did apply for a job in um, Blackpool Zoo in UK and I got it. I, I went there and I worked there for another almost three years. Uh, that was um, before during and after the pandemic uh, and after that I went back to uh, to Madrid for uh, almost another two years but I, I still had uh, this feeling that I could um, I could le- learn more and uh, I, I still wanted to travel uh, around a little bit. So uh, Dublin so got in contact with me uh, they told me they had this huge project uh, moving four elephants to uh, Cincinnati Zoo. Wow, um, you were
2: hired specifically, kind of for this.
3: Well, uh, move. They they well they wanted um, like a sper- experienced elephant keeper uh, to join the team, but obviously they had a, like these big um, uh, they were aiming for this big project no? um So again, I couldn't say no. <laughs> uh, so um, I accepted and I moved to Dublin and I've been uh, there for almost two years now. I'm really glad that everything went well, um, and I have to be very thankful for to Dublin Zoo and Cincinnati Zoo for uh, sending me here and being able to experience uh, the elephant world in probably uh, quite far from home now. Um, and again, as just um, answering to your second question, there, I'm enjoying it a lot here, and uh, the team is being really nice to me. Um, um, we're having a good time I think the elephants um, are, are doing really good here in their new house and um, I'm hoping I can see them just grow and and um, just uh, do their thing here in Cincinnati so for my own
2: <laughs> yes definitely hope you can, hopefully you can come back and visit again hopefully, and see yeah. them all right Christy tell us about how you got into zookeeping uh,
4: yeah I was one of those I I guess I always knew I wanted to be a zookeeper. I went to elementary school career day dressed as a zookeeper. I love (laughs) it. That's awesome. Um, And then in college, we had a family day at the Columbus Zoo because I grew up a little bit further north, and I happened to see somebody walking around in muck boots, and I was like, I see you. (laughs) (laughs) I went and stopped her, and I asked if they were hiring interns. Um, I guess it was right place, right time kind of thing, so... It was the head keeper of their Asia Quest department, and she immediately gave me her email and pulled my application and hired me, and that was also their um, elephant intern. So I kind of accidentally fell into Elephants. Okay. um, Because even when I applied for the internship, I had originally applied for their Congo department because I just Mm -hmm. really loved Okapi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Elephants was on accident, but it was a good accident. Um, So I was an intern at Columbus. I was a seasonal for a couple of seasons. Um, I got a really good, I think, base of knowledge there. Um, and then I got hired at Albuquerque, um, (laughs) where I worked for, I think, almost three years. I got to experience a herd birth, um, which was really cool. Um, so we had a calf. I got to help raise a calf. Um, so... How many really elephants did you have in Albuquerque? Uh, we had six, okay. and then I got to help with moving a bull um, to another facility, and then we had a calf born. So it was just kind of like a constant six. Influx, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was a really good experience. Um, and so then when I applied here, they knew that they were um, expanding their elephant program already, so I was very lucky. That I had that uh, calf experience and um, elephant moving experience so I think that
2: worked out in my favor. Hopefully that calf experience will be very useful here yeah. in a few yeah. years. We would love to have some yeah. babies here. Very shortly, hopefully. <laughs> Except um, for the 22-month gestation uh, well, thing, <laughs> you know, but yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shortly. Yeah. I don't know, you, you had experience at Columbus, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's where I started. Um, I think it's funny too that you were a great ape keeper because I always feel like you're either like a diehard like great apes, you're your thing forever, or you definitely don't want to be a primate keeper.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. in my in my case, sorry Christy, yeah. uh, in my case, um, back in Spain at least, uh, both great apes and elephants are probably the species that get more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, uh, that meaning that. They get the training and, uh, yeah, in general, you, you kind of spend more time uh, interacting with them. Mm-hmm. So if it was not one of them, it was the other.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so training your thing, it sounds like. Yeah, You're very uh, interested yeah. in that and, like, learning new things. Yeah,
3: uh, mainly training and actually specifically with elephants, I'm really into foot care. Like oh, okay. doing pedicure on uh, those <laughs> big legs, uh, sorry feet and nails, yeah.
2: <laughs> I love that. Well, Eric, would you mind telling us about our three females that we have now? And you can touch on Sabu, of course, if you want to explain that situation. But give us kind of a little bit of history with the elephants that we had before the Dublin.
1: Okay, so when I started, kind of as you mentioned before, we were free contact with our older females. Um, if you've lived in Cincinnati, any. Length of time, you know my tie at least. Um, she used to do a lot as far as going out of the zoo. Um, one of my favorite pictures of her is with a big Reds hat in the opening day parade. Yeah, she's a um, local legend. She, <laughs> she really she is of <laughs> um, And she's um, 50 years old now, um, and she's still fantastic. Um, so she's here along with Shotzi, whose full name is actually Princess Shotzi II. <laughs> um, we just call her Shotzi. <laughs> um, and she is 48, um, so they've been together most of their lives. Um, and then Jodi, who's the youngest, who's in her late 30s, um, and she actually came into the zoo with Sabu, our male, who's listed as just a year younger than she is. Um so they've all been here most of their lives Um, they have traveled some for breeding alone this is quite a while ago Um, and as you mentioned we are now um, what's called um, protected contact or pc which means there's always a physical barrier between the keeper and the elephant and a big part of that is just keeper safety Elephants are very large, and they can move a lot quicker than people think. So just to kind of take away any element of accidents happening, mm-hmm. there's that separation. Um,
2: I feel like zoos are becoming more safety conscious as a whole and every animal area. Like, over the years, just in my short time here, like, there's yeah. been changes. And, of course, elephants can be very dangerous if they want to be. Yes, so. exactly.
1: Um, and so... I had always worked around Sabu, who had always been in that protected contact since I started. Um, Being a male, they can be a little more unpredictable in their behavior. Um, So when we made that transition to our entire program being protected contact, um, we already had some base in it working around Sabu. Um, And it definitely brings its challenges. Um, The training has to be better. Um, And I actually enjoyed it. I felt it made the keepers better mm. um, and it made us work a little bit harder to accomplish the same things. Um, and I think it, you can still have those relationships with the animals that you care for, just like any keeper. I'm sure if you ask them those relationships with the animals that they care for are important. Um, so yeah, as you mentioned, Sabu's now in Columbus. He went um, last November up, um, kind of listed as a breeding loan, Um, they have three females there, um, so I like to tell people he went and met some new girlfriends. (laughs) Um.
2: (laughs) Which is really important because he's, you know, we've talked about the species survival plan and genetically he's really important to Asian elephants and zoos.
1: Correct. He is, um, unrepresented as far as, um, zoo populations. but and Tai th-
2: and Shotzi are past reproductive. Yes, age. yes,
1: um, both of them are past re- or post-reproductive in their age. Um, kind of the cool thing too, to me as well. Um, Columbus has a young calf named Frankie. Um, is it two. Yeah. yeah. Two years old. Um, and one of the decisions Columbus made was to put Sabu with Frankie and his mom. Um, and Sabu's been great. That's awesome. Um,
4: Frankie takes naps under him. Oh, Oh no way.
1: And so what that told us is kind of everything we wanted to know as we move forward. Um, As Carlos will talk about later with the new elephants, there are two younger um, boys that came in, um, five and six, and um, it gives us hope that, that Sabu will continue to, be able to establish a nice relationship and teach them how to be bull elephants mm-hmm. and have manners and all the things that we're hoping to accomplish.
4: Yeah, because Sabu's super respectful with That's females. That's such good news. Um, he responds appropriately, and he's not a bully. And the two boys that just came in need to learn that. Um,
2: so that'll be cool. They need a male elephant in their life to yes. teach them some yeah. Things. Yeah. And it's great to know that Sabu will likely do really well with that, and you yeah. don't have to worry quite as much about like any aggression or something right. scary happening and
1: not to skip ahead too much but there will be a point where all four of those elephants sabu Jadi, mai tai and shotsi will move down the hill um, and we will hopefully have one large integrated herd um, so that's exciting as well that'll be
2: incredible and yeah. also i'm sure a ton of work and preparation going in f- and nerves and yeah. all yeah. sorts of things yeah. before we hear about the new elephants i was hoping christy i know you were um, I'm sorry. When did you start here? I don't know what year that was. Wow. Do you I'm know what year it was for that question. <laughs> <laughs> in the last four? I years? think it's been four years, four now. years Four years in August. <clears throat> so you have training experience and the calf and like mm-hmm. all of that. And I know just Eric mentioned the difference in training from free contact to protected contact is a little bit different. And you had a lot of, a lot of training experience and I know you've done some cool things. I was hoping you'd touch on like Mai Tai's yoga maybe or any of your favorite training highlights or just go a little bit into a little bit about elephant training.
4: Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so with the transition into protected contact, it's very, um, we like to say choice and control. So the elephant has the choice to participate and they have a little bit more control over what's going on. Um, and funnily enough, I found that they're more likely to participate. Um,
2: it's like a toddler. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
4: (laughs) Yeah, so I for my Tai specifically, um, she's, she's very healthy, but she's getting up in age. Um, elephants can have a lot of health problems that humans do as you get older, like arthritis and things. So to get ahead of that, uh, we started an exercise program. Um, she knows how to downward dog. She um, can pick up and carry logs just to build strength. She does a lot of, like, foot lifts, and um, I kind of like to... Elephant yoga is very, very descriptive. Yeah. So, um, and that was all trained, um, PC. So we used targets and I just kind of tapped it on the ground and had her like inch her feet forward. Um, and we kind of rolled that through the whole herd. So actually Shotzi, I think it's helped a lot. Um, That's awesome. she kind of gets stiff in her shoulders, but if you keep up on her exercise, you notice a huge difference. Um, the team together, we all trained um, some pretty big behaviors with Sabu. That was very exciting. Um, so.
0: And you-, you mentioned that Mai Tai and uh, Shotzi, they're in their late 40s, early 50s, right? Yeah. What yeah. would you expect for like a typical
4: elephant lifespan? Like, uh, It's kind of a huge range. Okay. Um, there's like a very small handful of elephants in the U.S. that are above 70. Um, So that's possible, but I kind of think of that as like a human over 100. It happens, just like not frequently. (laughs) It's not wired. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, if my time makes it to 60, we're doing great. so, I'd be very pleased with that. Um, and hopefully,
0: the yoga, I mean, that's a key to long life right there, right?
4: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And she's a rock star. She's super flexible. Um, she's the oldest and the most flexible. So, <laughs> the cutest. Yeah, but they're very cute. Not the bias, so <laughs> um, I know maybe it's um, me making things up, but I swear she likes it. Like, she uh, gets really excited and pumped. And if I you bring your that. energy up, she matches you. That's um, so fun. Whereas, and they're so individual, like Jotty, if you bring your energy up, she kind of just looks at you like,
2: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite things is they all have personalities. And, like, Jotty, I don't know. Again, I was just a seasonal, and it was years ago. But in my mind, Jotty's, like, the smartest or, like, the most ornery. I could see often you. go together, though. <laughs> right, yes. Like, would you guys agree with that? Or do you see, like... Say a little bit about their personalities. No,
1: I, I definitely agree. Um, kind of as you mentioned, my Tai in particular, she loves people. She loves to be around people. Um, Shotzi is an excellent elephant. Sometimes she needs to work on being a little more confident. If she's unsure of something, you have to kind of work with her a little bit more and be a little more patient. Mm. Um, but once she understands, she's great.
4: Yeah, for like vet procedures, mm-hmm. if you give her time, like when she comes into the training area... If you give her the time to eyeball everybody, she checks out the bench because she's so tall, we have to stand on a bench. Same bench every single time, but every time she touches (laughs) it and smells it. And then she's like, okay, I'm good. And then she participates, but if you kind of like try to rush her, then it kind of falls apart. So, which is so
2: important, getting to know your animals and knowing like their needs. Yeah, I mean
1: there's definitely, it helps Mm -hmm. with training and you both have worked around animals as well. You know, picking up those things, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I do agree with your assessment. Jodi is the smartest of the females. Um, and if she
4: knows she can play games with you, she does. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Fair. Even in training. Um, she will try to get away with doing the smallest amount of work she can and still <laughs> get something. So it's kind of a back and forth. But I do think with that intelligence, she enjoys problem solving. She enjoys being engaged. And so it is our responsibility on that to keep that going and to give her that mental stimulation through training or enrichment to keep her active.
2: Yeah, and, definitely. And training is one of the best ways, you know, to yeah. you know, enrich an animal's life. So I think that's awesome. You guys are doing all sorts of new stuff yeah. and the yoga. I want to see Shotzi do yoga. It's pretty cute. <laughs> and
0: I have been getting some questions from guests. So just to clarify... Our current girls, they're still at the quote-unquote old elephant house. Correct. They're not going to be moving for a little while down to the new home. It
1: will probably be early next year. Okay. Um, So, currently, the barn itself and one of the yards is completed um, that we're using for the the new four. Okay. Um, But we wanted to wait until all the construction was complete, especially the two large yards that we're adding on as well. So that when all the elephants are there, they all have access to plenty of space um, and not cramped in one spot. And the lucky thing is we have both facilities on grounds. Um, we split our team in half. Um, and we go back and forth. So we're not solely in one place. Um, I guess that's a
2: whole story in itself, too, about how your team is going through a ton of changes yeah. right yeah. now. Um,
1: but, again, I love the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of our team does. So it's we've had to learn on the fly some of the things but <laughs> yeah, definitely sure. it's it's been fun.
2: So yeah, currently we have three females in what we call the elephant house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like kind of the iconic building that is actually on the National Historic Registry or yeah. I don't know if yeah. that's the right word, but we, uh, that'll always be at the zoo and right. we can't do too many like changes to it. And then the new elephants are what we're calling Elephant Trek. Correct. And that'll be opening hopefully spring, summer of 2024. I we'll... think summer is <laughs> okay. what
1: I've heard, but I've never honestly we'll just heard of under, under date. under, under promise, you yes. know, we'll say summer of <laughs>
2: 2024 Elephant <laughs> Trek and we'll have some other animals joining that area. Um, but also like we've mentioned we have we've kind of been building up to it, but we have four <laughs> new elephants from the Dublin zoo. Carlos is here because he has a relationship with those elephants. He helped get them ready and prepare them to come here. And they are currently living at Elephant Trek. The elephant team is split into two. But before we get into like that crazy how we now have four elephants all the way from Dublin, mm-hmm. um Can you tell us their names and a little bit about them, their ages, their personalities, if you have any stories about those?
3: Yeah, so um, as you were saying, uh, there's four elephants, part of a bigger family. Um, Their names, so it's two adults, two adult females, and two little boys. Uh, What we could call the matriarchs of that little group would be uh, Jasmine. Okay. Okay. Uh, She's just uh, over 30 years old now. Uh, she's a really calm and nice elephant. Uh, she cares a lot uh, about the, the the whole family, the other three. Um, she's kind of in charge at the end, no? So she needs to keep an eye on everything that's going on around. It's quite funny, because uh, as as you've mentioned, Eric, um, they're still doing some jobs uh, in in the new barn, and every now and then you can hear the workers doing some noises and she's kind of curious but wary about what's going on mm. uh, and she will always check uh, what's happening before doing anything else uh, so that would be jazzy jasmine uh, and then we have anak uh, just uh, um, she's uh, over 20 years old now uh, and yeah. she's the the other adult female and uh, her personality is quite different to Jasmine, but I'll have to say here now that uh, I've, I've found some difference on the, the behavior of the, four of, of the four of them from what they were at Dublin oh. and how are they behaving now. And I'm glad to see that they are, in general, um, calmer. It might be because this last year, uh, back at Dublin Zoo, is, it has been quite hectic, so uh, we've been going through a lot of training, mm-hmm. we've been doing a lot of things. Uh, we actually split them from the, the other little part of the family, uh, from uh, the females that are still at Dublin Zoo. So there was uh, a lot of big changes for them, no? Mm-hmm. but I'm really happy about how they're doing here so far. What I've seen, uh, I'm, I'm really happy for them. And then we have the uh, two, uh, two little calves, the two boys, uh, Kavir and Sanjay. They're uh, five and a half and six years old. Okay. Uh, really nice boys. Really nice uh, little bull elephants. Um, and uh, well, Kavir, uh, as it's uh, been mentioned before, he's super solid. He's always up for everything. Uh, he'll be super happy to interact and train with you, and uh, he'll try and do his best to uh, um, and to succeed in whatever you're asking him for. Right. Um. Quite a calm elephant, um, like his mother, and, and on the other hand we have Sanjay, so they are quite similar to their mothers, right? Um, so and Anak, uh, Sanjay's mother, is also or used to be also uh, a slightly more nervous elephant, uh, opposite to Jasmine. She will always um, um, look for. Uh, Let's say she'll she'll try her best to 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 just get away with uh, uh, not coming to you straight away, or uh, not uh, not fully doing well the behavior that you're asking her mm. for, um, and in general she's slightly more nervous. And so is Sanjay. So Sanjay, again, he's a really nice elephant, little elephant and um he's uh, he's he's super wary of everything everyone new things for him are such big things i like to say something sometimes uh, and don't get me wrong with this uh, in my son uh, bad but, but he's not he's such a baby <laughs> uh, so, sometimes uh, um when kavir will just do whatever you ask him to or even when meeting a new person a new person training him he will just go for it, do it, no problems at all. And on the other hand, Sanjay, you, for example, uh, when we work on uh, trunk or or even a feed presentation, if there's a new person coming to him to touch his feet, he'll be looking at you at uh, probably thinking, uh, who are you and what are you trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then at the end, he normally just um, um, uh, kind of uh, falls into the game and, he he's really good and actually i've told the team these last few days that he's probably the one that has changed more uh, uh from Dublin suit to here and um he I, I i'd like to say that he uh, has grown up a little bit and oh. he's not that little baby anymore <laughs> he is sometimes he's still sometimes uh, that little baby but um, yeah, he's doing really good. Yeah, the four of them, I'm super happy because the four of them are, re- they are doing really good. That's, That's great to hear. Yeah.
4: We had two Dublin keepers here for two weeks, and then there was like a few days between before Carlos got here. And the day the the day after the first two left, I walked up to Sanjay and asked him to come work for me, and he came and targeted and just stood there with me. And the minute I asked him for anything else, he's like, no. He <laughs> <laughs> just walked off like, you
2: are... I don't know. I you. don't know. You. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed a difference in the last two weeks? Like yeah, yeah. he's like getting to know you guys more, and I mean that speaks yeah. to their intelligence too, right? Mm. Is they can recognize people and know who they know. And yes, it's uh, been
4: much slower, but he's yeah, he's doing things now. Mm. And he's like, okay, okay, we can we're acquaintances
1: at least. I so. think one of the fun things I've noticed about just the dynamics of them being a, a herd and a family group is some of those times when Sanjay gets nervous, he runs to grandma and, and mom's off eating. like no, He's your problem now, and, but she's very calming. And so I think that actually helps us in the long run that she can kind of help him settle down and then he can then become a little more engaged and a little more willing to work.
2: So Anik is Jasmine's daughter? Yes. Okay. Okay. So they're definitely all like, you know, there's, herds but there's they're made up of all different like ants and you right. know babies and moms and there's right. a matriarch as you guys mentioned um so that's jasmine yeah. and i'm very <laughs> curious to hear your thoughts on like we're going to introduce three other females i don't know if there's a true matriarch considering we don't have calves and that sort of thing or if you guys consider one of them to be the matriarch but how do you think that'll go? What are your thoughts? Will Jasmine take the lead? And- well, that's our hope. Yes.
1: <laughs> um, and, and we did have those discussions with Dublin and, and hmm. you know, Carlos and some of the other keepers have said, Jasmine's always been, because being oh, the Yasmin. oldest. Oh, sorry. Yep. And, did- um, okay. <laughs> and so we that's our hope that she will kind of solidify things. Um, and... It was intentional. The zoo wanted that nucleus family group to mm-hmm. kind of, for us to move ahead. Mm-hmm. So they were yeah. like these four elephants were purposefully selected because
0: of their bond and their family unit. Correct. They okay. were
1: together. Um and you know, as zoos have evolved and become better, um, it's that all those fields have improved or mm-hmm. all those animal mm-hmm. types of care for all these animals has improved. Um and with elephants in particular. We've learned that you will get a healthier group, a more resilient group when you can move those family nucleuses um, and so that was the hope, and I think we've seen that it's true like yeah, Carlos had I, mentioned before
3: yeah, I think one of those uh, the one of the big success uh, uh, of this movement has been as we was saying move like a the whole family well, all part of a big family together, but, but keeping the nucleus. Um, intact, because if uh, when moving them them four moving together to Cincinnati Zoo and this new um, uh, facility, um, they they they're more keen. They're more more in. They'll buy more into being in a new place as if you just split them separate mm. and she just bring them to a new place and where where are we now? Of no course. where am I now. So at least they have their moms, their grandma, uh, they they're all too, uh, still together.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: We're uh- really seeing like an example of a real matriarch. Um it means more than I'm the biggest so I get the most food. Mm-hmm. Um for example, as you can imagine we've been very closely monitoring them since they moved here and overnight Yasmin was the last to lay down mm-hmm. because she's the matriarch. So she was um just keeping an eye on everything so it was Mm -hmm. like the boys would lay down first and then Annick and you would always just see Yasmin still like keeping (laughs) in her eye just so like that's what a matriarch does yeah yeah, I think that'll be so amazing
2: for you guys get to to get to experience the difference in this and also like see it all and then hopefully I mean they'll all get along and hopefully it'll all work out perfectly but I'm sure it's really nerve-wracking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot.
1: There's, there's definitely a lot of moving parts and a lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it as a work environment almost. You're bringing all these people together with the hope mm-hmm. that they'll all get along. And that yeah. doesn't always happen, but we're hoping um, Sabu being involved in this will help as well. Um, we talked earlier about like his role with the boys, um, mm-hmm. hopefully his role in producing calves. Um, but we hope that he kind of also helps along with Yasmin
2: to tie these groups together. So I think it's interesting. You mentioned like they were picked for a reason. And I had two questions about that. One, how is the herd in Dublin doing? Was that like difficult for them, for their herd mates to leave? Have you like noticed or heard if they're like,
3: so, um, we thought about uh, that a lot in the past so what was the best way of doing it because obviously you're at the end you're uh, splitting a big family but so in um, out there in the wild the uh, elephants also uh, build big families all together uh, from like the matrix with all the he, uh, her sons uh, and daughters uh, males to, to a certain age obviously um, but they also split and go back together depending on their resources that they uh, have access to. Mm. So we thought, uh, and they split into smaller families, right? So we thought it was going to be the best way of doing it we was going to be uh, splitting them in these two little families that we have. So we have on one side, we have uh, Jasmine as a matrix of uh, now the Cincinnati Zoo uh, uh, group. And then on the other side we have, and on the other side we have Dina, uh, that's uh, um, Jasmine's sister, okay. and uh, with all her uh, daughters, okay, okay mm. and and, gra- and granddaughters. So at the end, we we'll try to replicate what would happen out there, okay. So hoping that mm-hmm. it doesn't affect them that much. And this happened like a year and a half ago already. And yeah, at the beginning they, and during the, the process, uh, they did have um, visual access to each other group on the, on the big habitats outside in Dublin. Uh, and they would come to the gate and uh, kind of touch each other. But it's true that with time, uh, those interactions did reduce a little bit. Um, and even if they could see each other, I think they both were feeling quite comfortable uh, with the situation and at the end well we, we like to think that that helped through the process yeah. of
2: course yeah it wasn't rushed this was all yeah. really well thought out and planned mm. for so much longer than even you know working here than I realized um, and some people might be asking though like why Dublin why not a zoo from the US is it genetics is it the availability is it I,
1: I my both? personal opinion is it's just a lot of those things kind of all work together um, Cincinnati and Dublin Developed a really close relationship um, and discussions and what was going to fit. Um, and this move not only helped us jumpstart our program, it alleviated some space for the Dublin group, who's going to mm-hmm. welcome a bull in okay. coming up to mm-hmm. continue their success. Oh, awesome! Um,
4: and most USUs US are not moving reproductively aged females. Uh, most USUs US are trying to breed into the multi generational herds. So anymore it's, um, it's not happening very often. Mm.
2: Yeah. And I guess it makes it more difficult when you do want to keep animals together as a herd and a family, but also you still have to move animals to keep them in zoos without bringing animals in from the wild. So there's all of that. You mentioned earlier herd birth. Will you explain that a little bit? Yeah.
4: So, um, as we know, zoos have evolved a lot. Um, so it's not, it wasn't common practice for elephants to give birth in a herd like they would do in the wild. It was used to be a much more controlled environment where the mother might be by herself. Um, So moving forward, uh, there's some zoos that are trying to do a herd birth, which would be what happens in the wild where um, elephants are social learners. So daughters would get a chance to see mothers go through that and know what it's about. So when they then have their own chance to give birth they kind of know what Mm -hmm. it's all about and they know what to do um so on albuquerque we had three generations um the grandmother alice the mother rose and the calf jasmine and we built a brand new barn just for the specific purpose of being able to have this herd birth happen um and it was one of the coolest things to see so we did do a lot of training leading up to it because we didn't want to just be sitting there if anything went wrong um we trained rose to be able to bring us the baby in case something was wrong Um, we trained jasmine who was six and acts like a six-year-old to go into like a little calf space in case we had to enter the space to help the calf um And none of it was needed in the end. It went perfectly. Um, Rose gave birth to a little bull, and it was the coolest thing to see because Jasmine, as a six-year-old female calf, um, got to see her mother do it. Grandma Alice kind of kept her back and gave Rose space, walked her up to see the calf, and then when Rose told her she needed her space, Alice walked Jasmine away Wow, I get a goosebumps. That's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> One of the coolest things ever to be a part of. Um, and these two females from Dublin are experienced in that. Yeah. They know what they're doing. They know their jobs. Um, so I expect it to go the same. Um, it was really cool. That will be awesome. amazing.
0: So yeah. Carlos, when you guys gave birth in Dublin, were those herd births or were they separated out for birth?
3: Well, I... As i told you at the, at the start i i haven't been there for, mm-hmm. for those births uh, so i'm i'm pretty sure they, they were her births but uh, so i wasn't working there by that time so i can't really answer your question gotcha. sorry
2: <laughs> so you know this is all really exciting i feel like we're going to have to do a whole another episode when you guys are starting <laughs> these intros and i have yeah. so many questions but i know there's probably a lot of people wondering what went into it to literally move them here? Do they take a, a bus, a plane, a train? Like, I know it's a lot. So, Eric, well, and also for relationship building, which mm-hmm. I think will be one of the coolest things. You're going to, like, that's my favorite part about the job is getting an animal to trust you and, like, earning yeah. their trust. And so you guys will have all that fun with, like, these new four elephants. But you've been going to Dublin over the past, and you've went, right, yeah, Christy? Mm-hmm. Um, to get to know them a little bit mm-hmm. and get to know the keepers and see what they're about. Will you tell us a little bit about your experiences there? if you've noticed any wild differences do we run things differently and then we need to hear about how they actually were transported here
1: um so really quickly because i kind of forgot to mention it earlier and i just think this is such a cool little fun fact after the fact that we learned who these elephants were that were coming in a little bit of background so shotzi the elephant that we have is actually yasmin's aunt that is such a small world. That. Yeah, what are the odds of that? And, and <laughs> like, how does this work? It is it is honestly one of those weird little happy accidents that, you know, that was not taken into account or any of the things. It just happened Did to Did they me. get
2: to spend much time together? I know Shotzi was young I, when she
1: came. Shotzi left before the birth. Yeah. Of, okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so they haven't met. It's not like no. they'll have this long-lost yeah. reunion. Yeah. Yeah. And like, oh, that'd be really cool. Though. What if they can just um, tell? But I mean, I'm it gonna gonna does, in a weird way, kind of make this a four generation yeah. heard
2: oh i was so glad you brought that up yeah that's um, really cool
1: but anyway I'm sorry back to the no, I'm question glad you shared that you that. Asked. um so yeah we started sending people over um last year um, the initial trip which was um early in 2022 was myself Cecil Jackson who's the elephant manager and Christina Gorsuch who's the uh curator of living collections um And that way we could meet the elephants, the keepers, kind of the zoo, and and kind of get all that out of the way. Um, I did a few separate trips, um, and also, as important, Christy got a chance to come over. Um, The decision was kind of made early on that I would focus on the females, the adults. And Christy, because of her experience with calves, would kind of take on the role lead uh, trainer For the calves. Okay. Um, So we thought it was important that she go over there as well and work with the keepers and the elephants. Um, And then this last trip where I went over, I was there for four weeks um, to just kind of be there to help with whatever they needed relationship building with the elephants, but also the keepers, um, the move itself. And then I flew back on a cargo plane with the elephants um, and three of the Dublin keepers.
2: Okay. Did you notice any differences in how like zoos are run, or any like? There's
4: a lot of similarities. Okay, um, I would say that trying to handle two targets at one time. was... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a very clumsy
2: person. So... <laughs> because basically they are both training at the same time with you. Yeah.
4: Well, no. So it's sorry. It's two targets for one elephant. Um, oh, so they just so... train differently. Yeah. Like they so use like different. The oh, okay.
2: Different. Um, Yeah, that would be
4: hard. We're getting used to it now. Uh (laughs) It just was at first a lot of fumbling and
1: um, trying our best. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Real quick, I just want to say, I think the thing that... The philosophies may be a little bit different, but I was surprised at how much is the same with uh, the nuts and bolts of training. Um, The same behavior may have two different names, but at the the end, it's the same behavior. Yeah. And so some of it is just learning that, and I think that's what, for me at least... Was important being around Carlos and the other keepers to see those the nuance right. of, of what would help with this transition
0: and kind of translate like what their behaviors would look like for
1: us at our zoo. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, um, and like I said, the nice thing was once you learn the verbiage, you you realize like, oh wait, you know,
2: can you give us an example?
1: Yeah. Well, we use so one of the positions we put an animal into or the elephants is have them stand up next to the um, barrier so that we can inspect their body, interact with them if we need to. And we've always said, um, lean in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the exact same behavior there is just called side. Oh, okay. It makes total sense. So it's it's just the same thing, a different name. Um, The really nice thing, though, is with elephants being as intelligent as they are, we will be able to transition into using the verbiage that we use with all of our elephants eventually to where they'll just learn to understand, like, okay, side and lean in are the it's same. The same thing. yeah. Um, and so the long-term hope is that we can use all the same language with all of the elephants mm-hmm.
2: that we have. Animals are so impressive. I don't know how they, they ever know. get what we're asking for. I'm like, here, Fiona, I'm touching your hip with the target. You should lean in. Just lean <laughs> in. And she's like, all right. And now she just walks in, in a certain area of the you know, holding, and she's like, I'll just lean in right here. So, yeah, they're so impressive. Um, So, basically, there were years worth of work and effort and discussions going into this. Um, When it came to actually moving the elephants, how did that go? I don't know who actually would like to start with that.
1: Um, I can just go off on my part, and then you can kind of do yours. So, my role there was a little more observing and then kind of helping out wherever they needed me during the day of the move. Um, it was a very long day. Um, thankfully, Dublin did a lot of training and work with the elephants. Um, so they they understood and were comfortable going into their crates um, because when you're dealing with an animal that big and the crates are as big as they are, you are talking about trucks and cranes, um, police escorts
2: to the airport, um, a giant stick. cargo plane... Um, sorry, can you give everybody an, an idea of weights? Like, how big are these elephants and these crates? I'm Do sure a couple thousand pounds. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jasmine was just over... She was
4: almost 9,000
3: Oh, well, yeah, we, we're going to come now into this um, discussion of, on, on pounds and... Oh, <laughs> kilograms! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, basically, uh, Jasmine was over... 4,000 tons, so that would be probably around 9,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, a big lady, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, Anna was just slightly um, uh, lighter than her, uh, probably just below those uh, four tons, so below 8,000 pounds, probably. And the two boys uh, were just over... 2,000 kilograms, so that would be 4,000 mm. pounds, more or less. So that's kind of it. Okay, thank you. Yeah,
2: so the boys are about 4,000, 5,000 pounds yes. maybe, and the girls are eight, 9,000. So
1: each of the elephants went into their own crate, um, and then they were secured, lifted by a crane, um, put on trucks. Um, each of the girls had their own truck. The boys shared because they were a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, and it was it was a lot of work. It was a long day. I applaud Dublin and their keepers mm. um and like I said, my role was a little more secondary. Um, these guys did all the the heavy lifting. I guess there's a joke there somewhere <laughs> <laughs> um, and so but it was awesome to see like their team came together even when there were like you know minor adversities and things mm. like that and and they they knew what to do and they did it um a lot of this credit goes to them and that team. I
2: know nerves are always heightened on days like this when you're moving yeah. an animal and you're trying to yes. get them
3: yeah.
2: for literally a specific time at the airport. Like, it's not just when it happens, it happens. Right. Like, you the, have the, a timeline. playing waiting for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it adds so much, like, pressure. We, we didn't even have to deal with the TSA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the elephants, like, chose to go in the crates mm-hmm. on their own, and then it's a ton of moving them from there so it's like all the machinery yeah. from you know a crate to a truck to an airport what happens at the airport like what goes on do you have to talk to well, a bunch of if, people
3: if I can say something before it yeah. yeah, yeah, goes, yeah. goes to uh, the airport part because I wasn't there uh, but well first of all I, I want to give a really big credit to the whole team back in Dublin I'm just the lucky one to that, or one of the lucky ones that, that got to come here um, but um as you've said, Eric, I think the whole team worked uh, really good all together. Not only for a day, but for a year and a half. So we've wow. been tra- we we've, we've been training for these different parts of it. But we've been training even from the split, from splitting the families towards the day of the transport. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot going on. So uh, uh, yeah, I think everyone within the team did a really good job. And. Um, and even in the day of the transport, uh, we started like seven in the morning, uh, training at probably around nine, and we finished uh, the day at the zoo at around nine o'clock. So that was around wow. twelve hours uh, to to get them on the truck. On the truck, sorry. Um, so as you were saying, uh, a lot of things were going on. We had. Plan A, B, C, D, E, F, <laughs> which is so
2: smart. I didn't even think about that. Like you have to know if this doesn't work out, we need this plan. That's it. And, yeah.
3: Lucky for us, there were uh, um, uh, really uh, little uh, issues uh, through the day, and uh, we we got the job done uh, almost as we uh, intended at, at, at first. Um, and when they got to um, to the airport, well, I'll, I'll leave uh, for that, To that, <laughs> I, I will say, I think.
1: What needs to be understood that maybe, you know, even for me was surprising is how slow this process has to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even once the elephants are in their box or crate, um, a crane has to be set up, which takes almost an hour just for that crane to Mm -hmm. set up because they're Mm -hmm. so big. Mm -hmm. And then each crate lifted up, you have all the safety guidelines and, and everything, put on a truck, strapped to this truck, it just a very long day um each crate has to be like what the size of a tractor trailer like um (coughs) the adults definitely were a little smaller than that or a little shorter but height and everything yeah they're they're pretty substantial um (laughs) and so then you have your trip to the airport um then we kind of sat there for a bit um it was kind of nice um the Dublin Zoo worked very closely with the Dublin Airport, um, so we were given um, an indoor hangar, basically, oh, wow. or a warehouse-type place. Um, so we were able to get in out of the, the elements, awesome, um, and all the crates were put on um, little carts oh, that gosh. they drove, um, almost like what you see when the little carts that pull the luggage hmm. kind of thing. But they're just pulling the an elephant. <laughs> 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 Yeah, and then we kind of sat in this indoor spot for a bit while the plane landed, unloaded, got ready for us, reloaded, because honestly, we weren't the only cargo on this
2: plane. Wow. Um, Were you the only animal cargo on the plane? I believe
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> the only ones I saw. It's also
2: incredible to imagine, like, a plane that can fit four elephants on it. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
1: And please. I feel like, and this might be off a little bit, like, we weren 't even half of the cargo, wow um, I just can't imagine yeah that. it was in it was in just really impressive, um but yeah, we sat there we, they pulled us out, they had a lift that basically each kind of cart drove onto, okay, lifted us up with well, the elephants, yeah, <laughs> and like kind of rolled them on like a little conveyor onto the plane, and they strapped them all down and uh yeah, like, it took a long time, but it was impressive to watch. Um, I bet. I got to learn that there's a guy whose position is the loadmaster, <laughs> and he basically is in charge of strapping down everything into a cargo plane. Oh, no, um, no, I was no. like, not a responsibility I want to no, I'll say pretty important <laughs> job right there. My goodness. I'm um,
3: uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Now, just in case someone was wondering, um, through the whole process, when the elephants were in the crates, obviously you still need to... Uh, keep an eye on them and mm-hmm. take care of them so make sure that they have food they have water even the heaters mm-hmm. right yeah. uh, it, that day in Dublin was, was quite cold okay. so we had the heaters uh, to, uh, pointing towards the crates uh, during uh, like um, d- during the the, the the whole process and when the, the crates were on the trucks the heaters were on the trucks too and those heaters were moved to the airport so they were nice and warm all the time. <laughs> yes,
2: really well taken care of. And we had vet, uh, Dr. Mike went with you guys, right? Yeah,
1: so they had one of their vets okay. come with us. And also the Cincinnati Zoo vet went over as well. So, yeah, they were very, we had a total of three of their keepers, one of their curators, myself, Mike, or Dr. Mike, sorry, and um, one of their vets. So they were very well cared for. Yeah, a while and so once everyone was kind of strapped in the plane took off Um, we actually had a really nice area on the seating um, and it's actually the same seating that the uh, the crew would use Um, so i don't know maybe 20-25 seats okay Um, and then every hour a pair of us would go down into the cargo hold get a visual check on each of the elephants Um, give them some food if they wanted it, offer them water, um, and just kind of make a general health check. What were (laughs) they eating during the trip? Were they getting like Biscoff cookies or like... (laughs) (laughs) So we brought along a skid of food. Um, So the bulk of it was hay. Okay. Um, But also they get grain and we brought fresh produce um, sometimes they like that a little bit better, and so it kind of, like, it's it's a stressful mm-hmm. situation, yeah. not just for the people, but the elephants as well. But they
2: were accepting food at times, which yep. is always a good sign, yeah. at least in yes. my mind. Like, if an animal's willing yeah. to eat, yeah. they yeah. can't be that stressed. I mean, right. they can be stressed, but, right. like, you would know. Yeah, They early, wouldn't eat if they were overly stressed. I would say early
1: cases. on, during the the loading onto the trucks and the trip to the airport, once we got to the airport, things slowed down. And that's when you saw them settle a bit, Um, and that's when they started to take food and things like that. So, but you're correct. Um, Once you see them eat, that's a positive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, and and basically it was just babysitting four elephants until we landed in Cincinnati.
2: Was everyone here at the airport, like, really excited? Or can you tell, like...
1: Well, there was a a contingent of zoo folks there kind of waiting on us and... They had um, trucks for us on this side waiting. Um,
2: Did you say it was like a nine-hour flight? Yeah,
1: it was about nine hours. Okay. Um, And the the nice thing was with having that many keepers, we were able to take turns, so you could get some sleep, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. knowing that like every other shift you didn't have to do, someone else would. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. I think I'm okay not doing it again, <laughs> but, but it was amazing to be a yeah. part of that one time.
2: And then you have to do everything backwards, right? So then you get them off the plane, they load onto n- new trucks mm-hmm. here, get craned onto new trucks. Yes. Yes. And then craned off of trucks once they get to the zoo. Correct. Yeah. How long did plane. that unloading process take?
1: It took a few hours again because everything just has to be very calculated it's, it's not like, you know, putting a small animal in a sky kennel and...
2: and right. right. Up. Yeah. <laughs> landed, <Yeah. laughs> Back in, like, what, semi... noon?
4: I believe so. Uh, so they landed around noon. We did not leave the zoo until, like, 7.30 okay. that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Um, so that was a stressful... I, I know that you guys had your own stressful side, but on our side, it was a brand-new building that had never had... Animals, right? So we were like frantically going through like this lock locks, this door's closed. And, uh, <laughs> like everything was lining up. Um, All the last minute checks. Yeah, It uh,
2: yeah. Had been a construction site until literally the day before right <laughs> zoo construction's always a little bit longer than you expected Maybe we should know you whether know, yeah. <laughs> weather really impacts things and
0: and you did mention we had a police escort right from the both ways to get to yeah. the zoo yeah
1: um, i'm sure that um people were thrilled to have um, the highway shut down for a bit um, wow the day, had to shut down the the day of a Bengals game oh uh, my gosh <laughs> it was for but, good reason It was yeah good, right why did
2: it have to be shut down? What am I missing?
1: Just the concern was, like, if they were to get split, if you were to get stuck in traffic, oh. like, all the aspects of just wanting to control as much as okay. we could. that makes sense. Um, yeah,
2: There's a lot of bridges. You wouldn't want to get stuck on yeah, one of yeah. those from the airport. Um,
1: but I have to to really show my appreciation to the Dublin Zoo on their side. They, they an excellent job. But even the Cincinnati Zoo, um, you know, people at the airport, they were ready to go... Um, we had even brought in a few um, elephant people from other institutions that had been part of moves before, okay. for just extra people to, to talk about things mm-hmm. and make sure we're ready. Um, the collaborative effort of the Dublin keepers that came over, and then the keepers here, because that's an odd situation, and so there was a there had to have been a lot of like working together to kind of discuss, you know, how do we get them out where are we going to put them after they're out like what order are we going to like there was a lot of those things that that worked as well as can be expected mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it was a lot of work but well worth it
2: good when the elephants got here did they and you opened the door for their crates did they rush out or were they hesitant or Were they kind of uh, dependent on the elephant and it played into the personalities that carlos yeah. talked
4: about um Sanjay wanted to stay in his crate. so <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, are <"It's> safe here. <laughs> like, he backed out, and you kind of saw him peek behind him, and he was like, no, I'm good. And <laughs> walked right back in and started eating. Oh, <laughs> she was eating. Um, so he, he took quite a long time to coax out, but uh, Yaz and Kabir came right out. Okay. Um, and then Anik was the first off, and I think
1: mm-hmm.
2: she came off pretty readily.
1: Yeah, she was kind of ready to see what the next step was going to yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. It's always interesting to see what they'll do, and, and oftentimes they have to back out. So it's kind of, I mean, that would be a little... Unnerving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure, a yeah. I,
1: I do think what really kind of helped us in the long run, too, is, again, back to that Nucleus family group, as, as Anik was unloaded first, and when Sanjay did eventually decide to come, how they were put together immediately, mm-hmm. and they were able to... To console each other just kind of help them relax and then as they all came off it just they were all put together overnight and we just kind of let them go to to settle in relax and, and get I to learn
4: how fast they seem to settle in i think mm. moving them as a family just insanely helped like mm-hmm. they settled down way quicker than i expected That's good. Mm, That's that's great. Yeah, it makes
2: sense, honestly. Like, if you're going somewhere new with your family, you're going to be more comfortable than showing up by yourself and not knowing anyone.
0: Were the elephants, like, communicating at all through the trip? Like, vocalizing to each other?
1: A little bit of vocalization, not as much as I would have expected, but elephants do communicate using Mm infrasounds, which is below human hearing. So I'm convinced. There was a whole lot of complaining. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs)
2: Well, so this is so interesting, and I feel like I could go on for another hour, but for the sake of time, is there anything else you thought was really interesting, or you wanted to share, or, I mean, I do really think we'll probably have you guys back to give us more information when there's, you know, uh, there's going to be so much more to hear about, not only just hearing the four elephants as you guys get to know them, and the training you're doing, but then all the introductions, and the new area, all of that, but was there anything else you wanted to mention about the move, or the training, or... I, one last
1: little thing for me is I think this move showed how important training is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Without this training, this move is a lot harder to do. You know, I've always kind of joked, like, I can't make an elephant do anything it doesn't want exactly. to do. Exactly. So by having them trained, by having them comfortable and confident, so much of this was just easily done. Well, Maybe not easily, (laughs) but done. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I agree.
2: I think it's important, like, obviously, things have evolved a ton, and we're learning so much more about training. Things that used to be trained with elephants weren't necessarily for their benefit or health reasons. It was, you know, enriching to them, but, like, picking up something or you know, being willing to wear a hat for a res <laughs> game super cute, so glad we have that photo, but, like, not necessarily for a specific reason, and mm-hmm. now we're moving towards that with so many animals, and just, like, medical behaviors, or, you know, their happiness, or their stretching ability, their yeah. flexibility, and all of that sort of thing, so, obviously, building a relationship with an animal, and them being willing to walk into their own crate when they're 9,000 pounds, it makes... Our jobs and their lives so much less stressful, and it's really important. So, I look forward to hearing about the more training you guys are doing. And baby elephants, Sabu has to arrive. They have to be introduced, and then it's a 22 month gestation period. So, it'll be a little while. Right. Well,
1: I'll throw out there: you guys are always welcome to come visit. Don't say that. Cause um, I'm like dying. There, there, like I've, <laughs> I've never seen a like
2: I know they're not baby babies, but I've never been close to like a young elephant. I'm dying. I'm like hmm, is the Elephant House going to be hiring in like three years? <laughs> Could I leave? No. Um, but great. Well, if you guys don't have anything else you wanted to add.
3: Yeah. I just Yeah. I just want to, again, thank you two for having us. Yeah. Having thanks for being here. here. Yeah. It's great
2: to hear your side of things. Yeah.
3: Thank you uh, to uh, Cincinnati Zoo Elephant Team and the rest of the keepers that I've been meeting these last few days because they they've been all really, really nice to me and also again uh mentioning the or giving the credit to all dublin zoo team uh, the managers uh, from the curator to the uh, miguel bueno to uh, uh, the team leader kieran mcmahon and the rest of the team uh, well, I could I could mention them all but they know who they are. So, uh, thank you very much for everything. And thank
2: you guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for being here. It's great. And um, hopefully you'll come back and see hopefully. us again. Yeah. I mean,
3: they 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 have to invite me, but I yeah. <laughs> you can come anytime.
2: <laughs> well, we will end on our our question we always ask. What can I do?
4: So, uh, we're coming up on the holidays. I'm not sure when this will air, but um I think it would be a cool idea to recycle newspaper and things instead of using wrapping paper. Um, we have a lot of materials
2: around our house already. they are saving gift bags and not buying new. I think it's a yeah. great, really easy one that's coming up. Or this, again, I should know, but I can't remember how many we have recorded when this will come out. But if it's, even if it's right after Christmas, you often have gift bags laying around and I mean, I don't know if you guys grew up with your mom having like a container of gift yes. bags and it's like, oh, it's somebody's yeah. birthday. Let's go in the basement and find that box or of gift Or if she bags. ever caught a bow in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm glad it's not just me and my family. But save the gift bags or like Christy mentioned, if you have newspaper at home or um, sometimes the brown butcher paper even is just better for the earth if you wanted to wrap something and you could buy that instead of, the wrapping paper that isn't recyclable, yeah. Um, but yeah, with the, either coming up before Christmas or even right after Christmas, it'll be the um, holiday
0: season. Yes, yeah.
2: save it for next year. If you get those gift bags and boxes, you can. Do you guys have them? They're all folded up and they're hardly still attached at the corners, but you keep using them. But they're still usable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, I love that one. Thank you for sharing. Thank you guys for being here and taking your time to be with us. And I'm gonna hit you up about the elephant um visitation. Because yeah, we'll be there. I wanna we'll be visit <laughs> all the elephants all the time. But. You're also welcome
3: to Dublin. <laughs> I can't wait. Yes, I'll put that on
2: the on the bucket list for travel too. Okay, yeah.
0: Alright, well thank you guys so much again for joining us. Shout out to Dublin's team, shout out to Cincy's elephant team. You guys are incredible, doing amazing work. Excited to see the elephants, and thank you guys for listening at home. Hopefully you learned as much as Jen and I did today, and you enjoyed it just as much as we did. So. Yeah, there's a lot that went into that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys did. Until next time, everyone take care.
2: Thanks for listening.